praise the Lord. God bless you, everyone. This is Apostle Ivory Hopkins. I am extremely excited to have you to listen to our podcast messages. We are trusting that the Holy Spirit will bless you. We're going to take you into a message in just a few minutes. Amen. Where I feel that God is going to give you insight, revelation, and wisdom through the teachings that the Lord has given us to present before you. If you want to get up with us on our website, our website is pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. It is my pleasure and my honor to bring this anointed message to you where I am preaching and teaching under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, giving God's people insight that will strengthen their spiritual walk, build their family, and put under their feet the enemy on every level. Now sit back and enjoy this message. God bless you, my dear friend, and thank you for taking the time to listen to our podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Talks with Gallagher, where we empower and inspire leaders. Today, we have a very, very special guest, Apostle Dr. Ivory Hopkins, and he is the founder and overseer of Pilgrim's Ministry of Deliverance in Georgetown, Delaware, which him and his wife, Evelyn, founded in 1983. You have traveled around the world uh, to many different countries, ministering in your unique, special way that have changed thousands and thousands of lives. You move powerfully in the ministry of deliverance and the prophetic in church and in the marketplace. You hold a doctorate degree uh, from Rafa Deliverance University in Redlands, California, and a Master's of Christians Ministry degree from Chesapeake Bible College and Seminary in Ridgely, Maryland. You have authored many books on deliverance with different uh, various important topics, and you're also chancellor um, at the Rafa Deliverance University of the East Coast. And I have been following your ministry for over 10 years, and we've had some really uh, great, wonderful conversations over the years. And so I'm just yeah. so honored to have you on today, Apostle Ivory. Well, Brother John, I'm going to tell you, it is a blessing. I've been so excited. I actually, ever since we actually booked us coming together to talk with you, I've been kind of like a kid in a candy store. I said, I cannot wait because you and I, oh my God, down through the years, we've had some amazing conversations that would just turn into shared revelation back and forth, a two-way street, not just to get it from me. You know, if anybody who knows mm -hmm. me, brother, I, I might have been in, in the ministry for a long time, well over 50 years in deliverance ministry, about a good 45 mm -hmm. of that. But I'll tell you, I'm still like a child when it comes from, from down to the exchange of wisdom in the word and growth. So we give God the praise. You know, today we've got an interesting subject that we're going to be talking about. And, was, and what I'm going to be talking about is delivered into purpose and how the enemy fights destiny and, and, and uh, purpose that God has for our life. And when you look at scripture, I am going to touch on a scripture to start with. I would like to open with a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that every individual that is seeking your face, Father, that they may not understand the significance of what their life is. They may not feel important. They may feel at this point that they're stuck. And Lord God, often when people feel that they are stuck, Father, it's just that they have not got a clear of understanding of who and what they are in a situation. Father, I pray that some of the things that Brother John and I share together, Minister John, this man of God and I share together, Father, in this conversation, on this program, on this podcast, that it be a blessing to help others. 
And Lord God, now we dive into delivered into purpose. You know, I am. I'm, I'm going to hit this scripture here, and then we're going to talk a little bit, brother. Exchange a little bit. Yes. And I've got to come out of the book of Jeremiah, chapter one, verse five, and I'm going to read it in the King James version, and I'm also going to read it in the New uh, God's Good News translation. Sometimes I use interchanging translation, but King James is the one that I primarily use. And why I chose Je uh, Jeremiah is because Jeremiah actually fits perfectly the thing that we all go to when go through when it comes to purpose and destiny. That's not feeling hmm, that we're even capable of God talking to us or wanting to do anything with our lives. Look what Jeremiah says. Now, if I remember correctly, I may be a little off on the year because different commentaries have a different age for him. But Jeremiah mm -hmm. could have been around 17 years old when this hit him. When God mm. ended up speaking to him and telling him that I have called you to be a prophet to the nation and I want you to go speak to the king and tell them what thus saith the Lord. And that is pretty much a lot of this army because Jeremiah, like all of us, he looked at himself and said, look, I am a child. You know, he said, <laughs> yeah. I am not worthy. But, you know, Timothy did the same similar thing. The apostle Paul had to tell Timothy to remember that God had called him and, and anointed him. Let's look at the climate that Jeremiah was in and what God had to say to him. Jeremiah 1, 5, King James, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee and before thou camest out of the wound, I sanctified thee and I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Now in this uh, translation of the good news translation, which I like, it says, I chose you before I gave you life. Wow. And before you were born, I selected you to be a prophet to the nation. Now, can you imagine this, man? I'm saying that many of us out here is that the hardest battle that the enemy has been doing with all of our lives is to try to do things to cause us and our family line not to recognize God's divine plan and purpose. Matter of fact, I'm going to hit another. Mm -hmm. and we're going to wing it and talk a little bit. In yes. the book of Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4, I'm kind of setting a platform so we can have this conversation. In Ephesians 1, 4, and 5, check this out. According as he have chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Got that? Verse mm -hmm. five, having predestined us unto the adoption of the children of Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. People of God, you didn't just look up and just get saved. It was <laughs> in, you, look, the first planned parenthood was God planning to be our parents and place us in these hoods in life itself. And so the enemy has tried, does everything he can to try to attack destiny and purpose. I know, Brother John, yeah. I, I, I'm kind of leave a little space for you to talk. In all of our lives, isn't it amazing that um, I know when the Lord began to turn my life around, coming out of 12th child of a family of 15. Wow. Now that was deep. Uh, at two years old, my uncle had to raise me in, a, in an area called Princess Anne, Maryland. Now here goes the amazing thing. When God said he ordained certain things in our life, I maintain to tell you 
that even if you were a person that let's say you didn't know your parents, the Bible said this, uh, this, the Lord talks about how that even if thy mother and thy father forsake thee, the Lord said, I'll take you up with Moses's life and with Jesus's life. God turns around and places both of them prophetically in the hands of family or a stepfather that would receive cover and be over Jesus's life and Moses's life. Moses was unique. His name Moshe means to be drawn out. He was drawn out of the waters and placed mm -hmm. into the house of Pharaoh. Now, now, brother John, listen to this, man. The thing that will blow my mind with this, why would God take Moses and have him put in the house of the very man that was serving other gods? Why would God take Jeremiah and place him right in the midst of Babylon, in the midst of the system that he was dealing with, and tell this young man, I've got plans for you. See, the devil likes to make us feel that where we start from is the reason why we can't become anything. Hmm. And God says, you might have figured out that you started at this point, Jeremiah or Moses or even Ivory or John, but God's word is saying, I started you in a deeper place before you even made it in the earth. Let me let you say something, man. Yeah, I, wow. Yeah, this is such, such an important topic. And I'm so glad we're able to focus on this today, especially at the top of the new year. Uh, it's it's really remarkable that these promises that were given to both, both Moses and Jeremiah were from as babies are from with Jeremiah from their, you know, from the womb and wow. having that promise being communicated at a baby, you know, you don't have that, that comprehension as, as an individual to fully, um, have a greater understanding of what's being promised to you. Um, but I, like you said, I found it remarkable that God placed, uh, those men of God in various locations where they themselves will be used by God to deliver, uh, you know, uh, uh, God's people out of out of that land. Um, the amazing thing too is, is that yeah, it's not where you start from in the in, in as far in the natural, because the real start was before the foundation of the earth. Let me show yeah. you a revelation here, and 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 I say this to all my prophetic people. I definitely one hundred percent believe in prophetic activation. Okay, because I'm getting ready to make a pretty powerful statement, but. It's going to be nothing but the truth. OK, I believe in prophetic activation. I believe that we can uh, uh, go to schools of the prophet and be trained. I believe that we can be activated in prophetic conferences. I believe that we can be trained in prophetic houses. I embrace that my life, our church, all of that has 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 benefited from that manifestation in grace. But let mm -hmm. me say something to you, to you, man of God. The unique thing that about Jeremiah 1.5 was now if Jeremiah lived in our day and was actually going to a prophetic service, a prophetic house, or, 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 or the apostles or the fivefold would pray for him or recognize his gifting, Jer God told Jeremiah a powerful thing. He said, before you got to that conference, <laughs> before you ever got to that prophetic house, Mm -hmm. I ordained thee a prophet to the nation before you were ever conceived. I chose you before I gave you life or before I gave you birth. Mm 
That's a mystery. That's a powerful. In short, I will say this. Jeremiah's activation started not the day he recognized he was a prophet, but it started in God's divine predestined chosen selection that God made for his life. Now, I will say this. I said this in reference to that sometimes I meet people who try to get activated into something that they're not. That's another mm -hmm. trap of the enemy that he does with people's purpose. Jeremiah did not recognize the full grace that was on his life. He felt inadequate. He mm -hmm. felt like a misfit. And God has to tell Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's belly, I'm the one that ordained you a prophet to the nation and say not that thou art a child. If there's somebody out there that you may be saying, how could God use me because I am a child? I am a addict. I am a out there. I am a just God saved. I am a I'm nobody. The Lord is saying, say not that, because in the prophetic destiny, before you were born in your mother's womb, God already had selected and anointed an assignment for your life. Now, what does that have to do? Uh, a mature thing that I'm saying about an activation. Sometimes people miss who they are trying to get activated into something they're not. I did not wake up one day and say, you know what? I'm going to act, get activated by somebody to be Apostle Ivory Hopkins. Let me tell you something. The, when the grace of God fell on my life, these titles were nothing around me. Brother John, I operated in manifestations of the fivefold giftings throughout my life as at a young age this started happening automatically and there was no name i had no name for it all i know is for some crazy reason i was getting i had an extreme amount of wisdom that i will speak god saves me he brings me out of drugs he, he gives me an identity that i begin to recognize that who i am in him and the giftings and the grace that was created in me I did not chase any particular gift. Listen, mm. in a prophetic activation service, one can only stir and activate what's already there in oh, your inside. prophetic destiny. Yes. Already inside. You know what I equate it to, mm -hmm. bro? You got a car and I got a car. Now, if I don't have a battery in there, you can bring those jumper cables over all you want to. You are, it, listen, I know enough that in work. some cars back in the day, <laughs> you could bypass and might hit that starter and get that car to pick on, but the battery that it takes to keep it charged, to keep it going, it will eventually come right out. Well, you got to have it to activate it. So mm -hmm. in reality, in an activation service, what's really happening is the Teachers, the fivefold, the prophetic activation is activating something that is directly connected to prophetic purpose in your life. Be careful of the scheme of the enemy to try to have you to chase what you're not. Let me let you know. Mm. Wow, that is so good. And I think there's people watching there like, okay, Apostle Ivory, <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I don't want to be 
in a lane I'm not supposed to be in. I want to be, um, you know, walking into the fullness of what God has. So I'm sure some are wondering, um, how do I know exactly what my uh, purpose is in this activation? How, how do I discover this this activation? So I am in the, <laughs> I'm going in the direction that uh, the Lord has for me in my life. That is, a, that, speaking. Is an excellent, that is an excellent question. How do I know uh, what to what to what to strive for? How do I know? How do I find that path to pursue, find and become what God has called my life to be? Now, first of all, mm -hmm. I will say it like this. And I think the verses in Philippians two and two and 13, two and 14. For it is God that gives us the will and the do of his good pleasure. I am hope I'm quoting it right, but most of y'all can get with me because I don't want to go offline here and uh, sure. look at my other screen and go into scripture. But there's a scripture that reads like this. For it is God that worketh in us both the will and the do of his good pleasure. Let me tell you something about a calling, a a, a destiny, a purpose. You, God first starts stirring that thing on the inside of you. Now, you might not even know what the heck is happening. Matter of fact, there are some of you, when you open the word, when you pray, when you look at scripture, you see it in the light of the divine purpose that's in you. Some people, when you look at scripture, you see the end time. You see eschatology. Some of you, when you read the scripture, you see evangelism. You see missionary work. Now, somebody might say, well, why don't those missionaries? You, yes, listen, you did an evangelism. Why ain't you doing more prophetic? Why ain't you doing more of this? It's because there is a threat. Now, just listen, don't. This is what I'm not saying. I'm not saying if you do mission or evangelism, you can't cast out devils. You can't prophesy and all that. I'm not saying that. But there is a hunger on the inside of you that causes you to be herded by God right into the passion. So how do you know what God is stirring towards you? You will have a passion, a like, and a drive towards this certain thing. Mm -hmm. mm. Something in you will make you want to do that. Are you hearing me? I never yeah. will forget Pastor Eddie Parker. Now, this is uh, Apostle Eddie Parker. It's one of my best friends here in Delaware. God, I miss Eddie. You know, I'm, I'm so busy doing things around the world that I hardly get a chance to holler at my old buddies back in the day. But me and Apostle Eddie Parker, we went to the same church. And we, we I, I mean, Brother John, me and him had fun. In our church, they would have us uh, do scriptures from memory. And Sundays, we would stand up during Sunday class and what have you. And, and he would start off with a scripture, and I would start off with one, and we would go pop, 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 pop. I mean, we were quoting <laughs> verses one right after another. Finally, as time went by, there was an, a, a, a prophetic, a prophetess, and she, did, she was a prophet and an evangelist. She came mm -hmm. to our church, and I watched her. When she would preach, demons would cry out with loud voices. And I sat there and I looked at her. Now, her, I am all young, but something inside of me said, you can, I can do that. I, I remember one day said that they were cast out demons and I got down there. I held the legs. The person clapping like a fish. Yep, my, my grace was hold the legs so they won't flop the person too much. I turned around to uh, Eddie Parker. I turned around to Pastor Parker. And I says to him, now we're young ministers. I said to him, I can do that, man. He looked at me. He said, why? 
Would you want to mess with those things? I said, I don't know. I said, but there's something inside of me. What am I trying to say to you all? That the spirit of God will put a drive on the inside of you and a desire and a passion. Now, listen, it's separate from being jealous about anything. It's not about jealousy. It's not about self-importance. It's not about being famous and well-known. It's about a drive in you to see the power of God in his fullness. And it will cause you sometimes, if you're not careful, you will wonder, why ain't everybody doing this? What's, what's wrong with, do you know your passion that you have? When you have a deep passion on the inside of you, you have to be very careful because that can be an arrogant little seed that says, why ain't everybody doing this? But it is yeah. God that gives you the will, the willingness, and then finally the do, how to get it done of his good pleasure. You will start to pull towards that, to desire that. Some of you without even... Some of you later find a church, later find a community. Hear what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Before you even find a community, you in your spirit, you God saves you, and you just got a hunger in you. Follow that hunger. Let it stretch. I say to people all of the time, I have people tell me sometimes, well, apostle, I, I want to talk to you. I think God is stirring me in, in deliverance. I say, okay, let's talk. And they don't it doesn't take me 15 minutes with them to tell whether they got it or not. Because mm. if they've got it, I'm not talking about seeing devils everywhere because that's not what deliverance is. Deliverance is not demon, demon, demon. Oh, demon, 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 demon. Nope. Right, right. But I can talk to them and I will find that, that they will have a passion in them to see the captive set free. To see people healed, to see yokes broken. Matter of fact, they'll have a passion on the inside of them to see strongholds taken off of the fa their family's life that had them all bound. So God is stirring in them the willing to do of his good pleasure. Now, here goes what you got to be careful of. Seeing someone else operate in an anointing and you want that instead of what God put in you. Mm. I'll say this and then I'm going to back up. I can do ivory all day long. That's how come I'm good at what I do. Now, this is not me talking in pride. I do mm -hmm. not. I do not want to be missed by one inch because to God be all the glory and all the praise. But wherever I'm at, whether it's on your show, whether I'm doing conferences anywhere, when mm -hmm. I walk on the stage, I walk on there as ivory, a son of God, a brother in the Lord who knows what I am called to do. And I don't try to be anything else but myself. That's one of the things the enemy uses to kind of draw us away from purpose. Draws us away from purpose, trying to be something, trying to walk in something that is not what God called us to be. Let me back up and let you have some, some time. That Go ahead, man of God. Wow. Wow. This is so, so important. I think you're touching on when we don't have a, a firm uh, stance in our identity in Christ. We can lead to insecurities um, in our lives where maybe uh, jealousy or envy can lead where we are trying to compare ourselves to another anointing when God has made us uniquely who who we are mm -hmm. with our gifts, talents and abilities. So, yeah, I, I think it's so important what you're touching on, because sometimes some people, um, you know, get distracted by someone else's anointing and not looking at the goal that God placed within themselves. Mm -hmm. 
Here goes yeah. another one. Uh, here, here goes another because with you, while I'm on the show with you, I'm gonna try to give as many nuggets of, 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 of wisdom as I can. Here goes another way that the enemy tries to distract us from destiny and purpose. You know what that is? By now I should be. I thought by now I ought to be doing this. By now I ought to be doing that. Wait a minute. You're not mm. in charge of the growth nor the development. The best we can do with what God is trying to grow in us is, yes, learn the word, feed on the word, live in righteousness, live in holiness, not compromise mm -hmm. the word of God, not be worldly, not try to serve two masters. That you can do. But here goes what you can't do. You cannot rush the process. Let me show you a brother that knew he was called as a deliverer who rushed the process. Moses, as he got older in the land of Egypt, he began to realize, now you do understand, Moses was schooled and text as a prince. He was no mm -hmm. joke. He was educated in Pharaoh's house, educated. Moses began to recognize and have a passion in him when he saw the children of Israel being beat and treated harshly he had a passion inside of him that I want to help them people. I want to see a better life for those people. I, mm -hmm. I feel on the inside because sometimes you can feel your calling before you manifest it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. The, I'm, I'm going to try yeah. not to speak. I'm, I'm, I'm so glad we're talking about process because that's the next thing I wanted us to touch on Thanks. in regards to this because yeah, uh, right. Because God's time and our time are, are completely different. And we need to embrace the timing. One of, of the weapons the enemy uses. Now, listen, what mm -hmm. happened here? Check this so Moses goes out and sees an Egyptian that was coming against his people. And mm -hmm. Moses smote him. So Moses' first deliverance and help for his people was death. Mm -hmm. <laughs> his help created death carnality, hmm. not breakthrough, liberty, and freedom. Matter of fact, there was no anointing on Moses killing that Egyptian. No word from God, no hmm. not being told by God, and no anointing from God. He did that in his flesh because he saw and felt something he would become, but he did not understand that, yeah, you are a deliverer, but what kind? Hmm. Now, the next day when he comes out, he sees two of God's people arguing among themselves. And when Moses said something to them about it, Moses thinking, I yesterday just helped y'all. I just delivered y'all out of a problem. Now you maintain to tell me I come back, you're going after each other. And they turn around and said to Moses, what you going to do? Kill us like you did him? So Moses runs to the backside of the mountain. Now he goes to clincher. He runs to Jethro's house. He runs to Jethro's region. You know the story. He ends up marrying Sephora and all that kind of stuff. When he meets God in the mountain, when he meets God in the burning bush, the man who was ready to tell everybody that I am a deliverer, I know what God called me to do. When God spoke to him in the burning bush, Moses hardly could speak. Moses at the burning bush, Moses said, but, 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 but I can't speak. Now they say Moses had some type of impediment in his speech.
and what have you. And God says, all right, get that excuse out of the way. I called you to go to Pharaoh and tell him to let my people go. But did you notice the man who knew everything back there before, who recognized I'm a deliverer, when he met I am that I am, he didn't have very much confidence, did he? Yeah, and that is correct. Here's the truth of the matter. You have to be very careful of prematurely operating in ministry callings until their time and season. Satan mm -hmm. offered that to Jesus in the wilderness. He turns around and tells him, <laughs> he said, you see all these kingdoms? If you bow down and worship me, I'll give them all to you. And Jesus rebuked Satan for doing it. Had Jesus accepted the reign and the power, if Jesus said to himself, well, that's what I'm born for, to become the king of the earth, the, the, the Lord of Lord and king of kings. I can go ahead and get it this way, and I don't have to deal with the cross. I don't have to deal with the growth. I don't have to deal with the process. Mm -hmm. Turn it in your hands, man. Yeah, I... I want to just focus something real fast that you were uh, sharing with us about process um, and the burning bush. You know, I find it interesting that Moses uh, met God in the wilderness because uh, the burning bush was in that wilderness time frame. And that was like 13, 14 years, right? Something like exactly. that. Exactly. Yes, he was yeah. in the wilderness. So, um, yes, you know, sometimes in our wilderness seasons, those are the times where we can have the most uh, life changing encounters with God, not, not when we're not in the wilderness, you know? So I, I think it's so important for those that feel like they're going through the wilderness or seem like nothing is work, no, nothing is happening in the natural, that that, that, is, your, that is your opportunity uh, for, an, uh, for God to encounter you in such a way that you have no doubts about what God is uh, assigning you and calling you to do for that, that purpose that he has for your life. Let me hit right? another good one and add it to this. Another thing that the enemy does to mess with us with destiny and purpose, the title of our thought, delivered mm -hmm. into purpose. Do you know that there are some of us at periods in our life feels like pastor rejected me. The church rejected me. They don't mm -hmm. accept my calling. They don't accept me. Now, yes, there are times that the enemy can legitimately use rejection as a tool, as a weapon to fight the calling of God in your life. But there's also, let's, let's be very careful. There's also times where in it's not your season. It's not mm. your time. Let me tell you a little story. When Evelyn and I first got married, I had been, I was a young minister learning about deliverance. When I started talking about deliverance in the church that I grew up in, the people loved me, but they rejected deliverance. Do you hear what I said? They they rejected it. They love me, but they rejected it. And I remember a church allowing me, a little church in the backwoods. I mean, this church was in the thick of the woods, backwoods, allowed me to come and preach. And I preached my message on, on, on deliverance. And at the time, uh, uh, I didn't have uh, signs and wonders operating as strong as they do now. Okay. okay. And it was, it was a good service. It was a good service. No, no problem. I remember... Go driving and I met, got at a stop sign on the way home. And it was a late at night when we got out, about 11 o'clock at night. I said at the stop sign, Evelyn said, you get ready to go. And I sat there and I started crying. 
And she looked at me. She said, what's wrong? I said, Abby, I got a message and nobody wants to hear me. Mm. She looked at me and, 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 and she sat there with all the passion of a wife, a newlywed wife. And she was so disarmed. I said, Evelyn, I can feel on the inside of me that something big, something large, something greater than I could ever imagine. I said, Evelyn, nobody wants to hear me. Now, at that time, it felt like rejection. Mm -hmm. At that time, it felt like lack of acceptance. But mm -hmm. at that time, I was not the wine to be served yet. You were ahead was, of your time. I was ahead of my time. Mm -hmm. I, I, I was ahead of my time. I wanted to speed up the process. And so the enemy made me feel like folks were against me who were not. Sometimes the reason why people can't embrace you is because it takes God to ignite that it is your season. It takes yeah. God to open their eyes on who you are. I used to say it like this. Before I became well-known, I was nobody's child. And soon as I became well-known, I'm everybody's son. It's mm. a little joke I got. But in reality, it had to do with times and seasons. Some of you listening at us right now, listen, you just keep feeding yourself with the word. You just keep studying. You keep living the word. And I know you say, but I can feel on the inside of me there's more. It's going to happen. You're going to come forth. You're going to find your season, your community, your timing. But in the process of time, be still and wait until God brings it forth. Because if he said it, he'll do it. <laughs> if he spoke it, he will bring it to pass. The Lord called me on the, on the scripture Luke 4 and 18. He called me on Luke 4 and 18 before I ever was able to perform it. There was a time, brother. That when I would meet uh, a stronghold and command it to move, the, the thing would look at me like, <laughs> like nothing. Now I can hardly open my mouth and they break. But I've learned mm. assignment. They're not breaking because I'm powerful. They're breaking because of time. Why mm. was it that the woman with the spirit of Python in Acts 16 walked through there many days with all of those people with that anointing? And nobody cast it out. But finally, Paul, at the right timing, at the right season, see what you learn as you mature is there's not a gift in you that should be operating until the master who put it in there says it's time. Paul could not cast that demon out many days and because it wasn't the time. You have to learn. I say this. Be very careful. I know this message. Some would have thought, boy, I wonder what angle he's coming from. Delivered into purpose. How the enemy fights destiny. I'm giving you some ground level tidbits of how the enemy fights destiny. You will feel insecure at first. You will try to jump the jump and jump start yourself. You will feel like folks are, are, are don't see you. Can't recognize it. All of these things are all apart of finding your path into divine destiny. And, but one thing will be true, that there will be a hunger in you. There's a hunger. Look, I am 67 years old. The visionary part of me still ain't dead. It's alive. And it's kicking. 
I never dreamed that I would be weekly ministering to people and counseling ministries and this, that, and the other, not just deliverance, but I do counseling in all types of subjects using wisdom. And my life is a ball. I'm having more fun than I had when I was 30 some years old, jumping on airplane after airplane. I'm loving this life. But what it is, I've learned to do ivory in Christ and not put any, I don't have any, uh, any ultimatums to God about what I want. Listen, I, Ivory, a prisoner of Jesus Christ. Brother, let me let you say something, my man. A slave to righteousness. Ooh, yes. Come on, you said yeah. it. God, I'm yeah. a slave to righteousness. Yes. Sir. Yeah. I, I think the, the foundation of consistency, faithfulness, and discipline in a Christian life is so extremely important because then God can entrust you for that assignment, knowing that you are prepared, you are eagerly waiting, right? Um, and in that waiting, you are preparing. And I'm, I'm thinking about the story of Joshua now, where Joshua saw the leadership of Moses. And then there was that time of the shift that took place between Joshua and Moses, and then uh, God leading him in these new instructions into the promised land. And I find it interesting that uh, God spoke to Moses differently than he spoke to Joshua, where with Joshua, God just spoke that one assignment, you need to deliver the Israelites out of Egypt. But with Joshua, it wasn't just one command, it was multiple commands, it was multiple assignments that was leading into Canaan and the promised land. Can you just speak into uh, yeah, the emergency? the emerging generation in leadership when it comes to purpose and destiny. Exactly. And, and you know, you gave me a, a perfect paradigm to look at this with the life of Joshua compared to the life of Moses. Now, Moses came, brought the children of Israel to the promised land, never entered in himself. Uh, yeah, he was allowed right. to look over into it. But in Joshua, when God got ready to deal with Joshua, he said a curious word to him. He said to him, Moses, my servant is dead. Go ye therefore. This generation that follows up a generation has to understand when a season of the way God was operating is done. Years ago, the mm -hmm. Lord spoke a word to me when I was probably 29, 30 years old. And when he said it to me, I said, is this a false prophetic word? This don't make sense. I was in, in prayer, in meditation. God had started using me. That's when I was starting to really start. Doors were opening for me, doing evangelistic work. Mm -hmm. And the Lord spoke a word and said, the day of the big time evangelist is over. Mm. I said, wait a minute. Did you say evangelism over? And, 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 and my reasoning and the Holy Spirit corrected me. I did not say evangelism was over. Mm. I said the day of the big time evangelist. If mm. you would look back in church history, there were times where we had the healing ministries. They come through and they were in the earth. And they like, like uh, Robert Learden's book on God's generals, the mm. healing evangelist. They came forth. And then 
we had other moves of God. I could go through a number of them and what have you, and my memory fails to pack them all together because I've researched this uh, as any good leader does that, 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 that uh, deals with stuff like I do. But they, we went through eras of time, and God was telling me that the day of trying to look for one, whoever that person is, whether it's, you know, it's, a, it's not an Oral Roberts, it's not a Benny Hinn, it's not a this, it's not a that. And this doesn't mean the work they've done is not of God. It means it had a season. Right now, the season that we are prophetically in, it is in the season where God's sons and daughters are being called out and called up. From all I know right well that it looks like our whole society is going to hell in a handbasket. We're confused about who we are and what we are. But his church has never changed anything. His church still stands for holiness, righteousness, and purity. His church is still saying what the local body gets captured with in a society. I will raise up sons and daughters that you have never seen. I will raise up young men and young women women that will rise up and declare the word of the Lord. I will raise up a John Gallagher that will have an old school soldier like Apostle Hopkins and Apostle Hopkins counted just the honor, just as big an honor, because I know that you are bridging the gap between generational and seasonal things. Mm. Gallagher talks, you will be speaking to the decades and generations. There are many like mm. you, brother. I'm going to say this to you. There are many sons and daughters of God that are not recognized by mainstream nobody. You'll probably never have a mega anything. But the work that you do, the, the effect that you do will be phenomenal. One of the tricks that the enemy uses to come against our purpose and destiny is for folks to think that we have to become the old season, the former thing to produce what God is doing now. Now, here goes this. Understand the counterfeit of the devil, too, because the counterfeit of the devil goes, well, you know, you're young, brother uh, Gallagher. So start bringing in stuff from the world. You know, you got to kind of pump it up. You know, let's bring a little little twerking in the church, but twerk halfway. Let's bring a little this. That ain't got nothing to do with God. That ain't nothing but flesh and perversion. Come on. Mm -hmm. And they can try to fix it up all they want to. Amen. That's not going to work in the house of God. But there are some that are sitting out there. There are some that are sitting in the fifth row. In the twelfth row, nobody's paying them any mind. And they are the prophetic people of God. They are the deliverers of God. They are God's generals sitting out there. And nobody saw it coming. Mm. Nobody saw it coming. In my family of 15, I was the baby boy, and nobody saw it coming. My grandmother and my grandfather, they founded a church in Delaware, old, old folk. My mama ends up getting saved. She never knew inside of her belly that 12th child, come on now, would end up becoming worldwide. And at 17 years old, my mama prophesied to me, she said to me, Ivory, I've been having a dream that just keeps bothering me. I saw you ministering to all races of people all over the world. And she said, Ivory, get yourself in church like you should. At that time, I was cutting up. And I mean, I was cutting up. But God, God was getting ready 
till from the foundation of the earth before I was formed in my mother's belly. When I came through, I had to come past. I had to bypass rejection, generational mm -hmm. curses, addictions, perversion, lust, pain, hurt, lack of esteem. I had to go through all of those places to find out that in God, we are gloriously and wondrously made. I'm trying to tell you, brother, the enemy tries to destroy divine purpose by having us not respect, embrace, or honor not only what is in ourselves, but what God is doing to the next generation. Mm -hmm. Some of the old school that are older than me, I don't know what these young folks are doing. I remember this. I'm going to say this. And Rodney, let, let, listen, I, I, <laughs> listen, raise your hand or something because I'm, I'm fired up on your show. I remember back in the day when Facebook came out. I remember. Now, let me tell you what some of my, my, my pastor friends were doing. All these people on Facebook, what they need to do is get their face in the book, and that's the Bible, and not get all caught up with all that Internet mess. And then COVID came. <laughs> and then when COVID came, some of the same preachers that were talking against Facebook, that were talking against the Internet, they were using the Internet as a vehicle to get the message out. While there were some who were already prophetically tuned in. And yes, brother, are there uh, are there some messes on the Internet just like there's some messes in Walmart? Are there some messes and some false teachers? Amen. Out here in the cyber wave. But what do you think this is? Heaven? Even heaven had a mess come through there. One third of the congregation got perverted. So what do you think are down on earth? But I maintain exactly. to tell you the cyber world and the cyber system and the Internet is a vehicle that God is using. But the church, the older church, fought it when it came out. And now many of us are using it. Many of us are doing it. In 2003, mm -hmm. the Lord spoke to me in Kansas. I had gone through a colon cancer operation. 14 inches of my colon had been taken out. And I'm totally, thank God, I'm healed. I'm doing good. I'm not on a colostomy bag or all of that. But the third day after that operation, now I, I had went. Before that, that Sunday, I had preached at Apostle Eckhart, my best buddy's church. Mm -hmm. And when I got to Kansas to see my, my brother, who was command sergeant major, I collapsed at his door in Kansas. I mean, because me and Evelyn drove there from Chicago. Mm -hmm. They put me in the hospital eight o'clock the next morning. They took out 14 inches of my colon. Got it? Wow. After the operation, three days later, I'm laying in the bed. I have to put this on here, as some have heard it on other broadcasts, but I'm doing it on Talk with Gallagher. Three days later, and it has to do with prophetic destiny and purpose that we're doing right now. Three days later, an angelic being stood on the right side of me. It looked like it was eight or nine foot tall. I looked at it and I said, am I going to die? And this being, when it spoke, this angelic being, when it spoke, its mouth moved over here. Its mouth moved over here. But its voice I heard in my spirit. And it said, mm -hmm. no, you silly boy. You're not getting ready to die. And I'm sitting, I'm, la I'm sitting laying in this bed, bed by myself, looking at this divine creature. I said, I said, then what is it? He says, Ivory, you have been sidetracked from my original calling on you. I said, I've lost my ministry. 
He said, no, you've been sidetracked. You see, at that time, Apostle Eckhart had started something called Impact Ministry. I had modeled in a, a ministry in Delaware where we were building a network under the same type of apostolic prototype. Mm. The angel of the Lord said to me, I never called you to do that. Wow. You have been successfully sidetracked from my original call. Now, this had nothing to do with Apostle John. This had to do with Ivory Hopkins, Apostle Hopkins. And guess mm. what, John? Brother Gallagher, it was growing. People like me. The pastors love me. I've always had that type of favor. Thank God for that. I, it was growing. He said, I did not call you to build that network. He mm. said, but I have called you as a general. You will speak to many of my soldiers. He said, some of them are unchurched. Some of mm. them are out there and not recognized and going any place at all. He says, some of them are in church. Some of them are ministry groups. You will speak to my soldiers as a general. You will give them wisdom. You will give them insight. And what I'm doing now. And he said, and then you will come home. You will finish this. And then I will take you home. And then it disappeared. Oh. I told Evelyn, I called Evelyn to come to the hospital. I called Apostle Levin Bailey, my chief son. I started calling them. I said, listen, if this is a demon, this demon is off the hook because this one here was weird. And they they all prayed about it. And every pastor in the network with us said, Apostle, we believe this is God. And we dissolved the network. Now, all of us, wow. many of us are still friends. Follow me. But mm -hmm. yeah. the Lord, and, and guess what? I came off of that and ended up here. And guess what, brother? Every day. I'm doing ministry work. Now, my, my, my local church, my physical building church is ran by my chief son. Got that? He mm -hmm. pastors that ministry. You will not be able to just come there and Apostle Hopkins is sitting there. I do this. I reach people all over the world every week. And it's extremely successful. Many are getting delivered. I've had pastors that needed wisdom and insight in church situations, church growth, uh, vision casting. And we've sat there and helped them through it. That's what I will do, John. And then I will leave. You will outlive me. But the day you hear that Apostle Hopkins is gone, I want you to chuckle and say, dag, that brother says he's lived. I have lived beyond my dreams. I have seen God. Another thing I want to see before we close out. I want you to embrace your failure and deal with it because you will have some. If you fall off the horse, get up. If you want to really help yourself get free, don't hide your stronghold. Get help for it because all of us got them. Often, sometimes we can find ourselves that we get to a place in God, your title or what people think about you, you almost will sacrifice yourself to the enemy's destruction with some stronghold or some habit you got and not realize you don't have to do that. If I found out that you had a stronghold and you fell and needed someone to get you up, it wouldn't change how I feel towards you. I said, I need to get my brother, man. 
I need to help my brother. But you could damage yourself saying, well, well, wait a minute. I, 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 I don't want, I don't want, I, I, I done got a name now. I, I've done got a title now. Um, if I could give you all any advice, one of the things that the enemy uses to destroy ministries of most in the area of purpose and destiny is not getting help. In other words, putting out and acting like something that you want the people to think you are, when in reality, you need deliverance, you need healing, you need counseling, you need a breakthrough. Man of God, I'm going to turn it in your hands. God, I love being on here with you. Thank you for allowing me to be on Talk with Gallagher. I'm so oh, honored, man. My, my pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. This has just been such a, a golden podcast. And, you know, we need to listen to this again, just what was shared today. I, I have some more questions, actually. I know we're getting close to the hour. I'll take um, some more time. I'll I'll, just, go, ahead. go ahead. Great. Just, just real quick, you know, um, the word mantle, when it comes to um, purpose and destiny, it seems like mantle, being mantled and mantle is, is something that's becoming more of a... Uh, I don't know if the word trendy is the right word to say in, in prophetic circles, but can can you give us some um, some the mount, the word mantle itself is a derivative of almost like a cloak or something mm -hmm. that one carries upon them the mantle, and mm -hmm. this this cloak or this grace that God puts upon a life identifies a particular call or manifestation of God's grace, teaching, purpose, or however, it can cover mm -hmm. any number of areas from healing to deliverance to revelation to understanding, even to an area of a a such spirit, a, such a spirit of of consolation and grace and kindness until it, it shakes the earth. You know, those are mantles by God and what have you. I mean when when Elijah was getting ready to be taken up. He, Elisha mm -hmm. asked him, could he have his, uh, his mantle, his grace? Now, notice there was a school of the prophets that stood afar off. There are some that stand back to see what's happening, but the hungry ones, the ones that hunger and thirst after it, will pursue God's righteousness to become what God wants them to be. That's what Elisha was. When you look mm -hmm. at, at the, when the mantle from him fell, now Elijah told him clearly, it's not in my power to give this to you. But if you can see me when I go up, in other words, only God the Father could bestow that on an individual and he received that mantle. Now, here goes the funny thing. Everything that God has that belongs to us in reality, the demons try to counterfeit it. You ain't going to somebody's grave. I'm not going to Catherine Kuhlman's grave and get her mantle and get a mantle or on a grace from her. It's not going to happen. It's, that's not how it works. No, sir. Right? No, sir. Yeah. But you notice it, but yet it's a counterfeit. I've known mm -hmm. of people who say that they go to these graves and try to get the mantle. It's not biblical, not practical, and it can be a demonic portal to receive a religious demon. Straight mm -hmm. up. The real mantle of God is distributed like First Corinthians chapter 12 says that the gifts are distributed by the Holy Spirit only, severally as his, he wills. Not even your bishop or your apostle can just assign a mantle or anointing on you. Now, they mm -hmm. might can, they, we, can, we, can, we can put a robe on and call ourselves anything we want. But one thing you can't do, you, this mantle does not come manufactured in somebody's uh, tailored room. The grace that is on your life is a grace and a mantle that God can put on you that belongs to you in, in respect 
to God's divine purpose. You know what mm. I try to tell anyone to be careful of, Brother John, is be careful of trying to manufacture God after your own kind. Mm. Making God into your own image. Exactly. And the, the minute that our lives, <laughs> look, I say this, I'm an old school dude. I watched them try to build a city for God. How'd that go for us? Yeah, I mm. said it. I watched them try to have a city. I watched them during the time, even Miracle Valley, Arizona, or the city that the Oral Roberts tried to build, or the PTL club place and what have you trying to build. Let me tell you something, my friend. It's God. God is the one that can build these temples. God is the one, and we are the temple of God. I know I'm saying some pretty rough stuff here, but I'm saying to you, whenever man builds a shrine, it ends up becoming something man ends up trying to worship the flesh, the it's system like a, to do. A form of idolatry. A form yeah. of idolatry. That, mm -hmm. Listen, and, and, I, and I lived through the era of these places. Where are they now? Where mm -hmm. are they now? Uh, 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 even when Jim Jones went to Guyana to build this holy place that people could come to, what happened? It became perverted because God did not tell us to build this kingdom here like this. His kingdom is being built within us. Now, that ain't saying nothing about you can't. God told me to build a church. That's fine. God told us to build a cathedral. That's fine. But I'm trying to tell you that on this earth, Brother John, you're not going to find a utopia where you all gather in this little utopia. And that's going to be the place for God. Oh, we go oh, one day. We're going to be in that place. But the trumpet shall sound. The dead in Christ shall rise, and they which remain shall be caught up with them. And in that day, in that time, when the King of Kings returns, his feet shall stand upon the mountain, and the and, and mountain of the Lord shall be established upon the mountains of the earth. Oh, y'all hearing me? I'm just, you kind of got me stirred up. But I'm trying to say to you, whenever we try to build something in the flesh, it fails and it falls. Been a pleasure Amen. being on, on here with you, my man. I've had, I've had fun talking to you. And I say to all of you out there, do not allow the enemy to steal your calling. When you've been delivered into purpose, some of the things that I shared here was the simple things. Now, I know people would probably say, but brother, I, I thought you were going to talk about this demon and that demon and the other demon. Oh, I know. I know the names of a whole lot of demons. But what I shared here was practical stuff that had to do with you and your processing thinking and surrendering to the Holy Spirit to have its way in your life. You'll deal with the devil. Amen. You'll deal with them. You'll prophesy. You'll heal the sick. You'll preach the gospel. You'll evangelize, but you've got to come this way first, not with all the demons, but the revelation of understanding who and what God called you to be. Man of God, thank you for having us on. Oh, my pleasure. This has been just an exceptional episode. I uh, really appreciate you sharing all that you shared. I, this is one of these episodes where you need to listen to it again and again. And where can people find more about your ministry, your counseling sessions, and all those things, Apostle? Okay, you can find about our ministry. We're very simple to get up with. If you type Ivory Hopkins in YouTube, you can come across Ivory Hopkins YouTube, and we have probably almost over 800 videos there and what wow. have you uh, at Ivory Hopkins YouTube. Also, you can hear us on the General of Deliverance podcast. Now, we're just about on every major podcast station. Um, <laughs> um, and if you want to go to our website, our website is pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. And once again, if you type our name in Google, 
we are pretty google's pretty friendly with us they will bring us up if you go on there and get to the section where it says deliverance and counseling sessions you can tap into that and when we say deliverance and counseling sessions we do a 45 minute detailed session with people and many and it's not just about demons only it's about understanding the root cause of why a situation is operating it. Do you know some people come to me and actually feel that it is a demon? And by the time we finish talking, we begin to find out that the source or the cause of what's happening to them is not so much as demonic as it is that they need understanding and wisdom and how to handle mm -hmm. and deal with their life. We talk about business. We talk about, we do even do marriage, pre-marriage counseling, relationship counseling, all under a biblical umbrella. And I'll tell you, in these in this time and age, <laughs> we get some unique things to counsel, but God is God is good. So we do those counseling sessions and we do deliverance on them when it is necessary. We're never going to back up from that. But that's what I do. And I tell people sometimes it's not a church service. Neither is it a free world offering. I am a counselor and that is mm -hmm. the work that I do. It is paid counseling. No apologies made about that. Many times, many pastors have used our work there to help with uh, some of the people that they themselves either don't have time to counsel with or they need it done in details in the area where i'm you see i've been over i've been in the ministry like i said uh, almost 45 years or more close to 50 years i've been in ministry and what have you and successful ministry not not a flop successful and i have been trained in the area of ministry church leadership and all that good stuff. So that's what we do. And I and I have a 44-year marriage. So I know a couple of things about how to last there. Uh, and so that's what we do. We do marriage counseling. We do counseling over over with help people with jobs and what have you. And I have a large clientele now. I have a very large clientele. The Lord, when he called and told me that I would do this and then come home, man, I'm living the life right now. And it ain't about money, it's about purpose. It's about Hearing God say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a few things, and I'll make you ruler over many. And we are seeing this season in our life. Well, that's pilgrimsministry.org. <laughs> Amen. To General's, uh, uh, the General of Deliverance podcast. God bless you, and we're turning in your hands, bro. Yeah, guys. So please check out the podcast that Apostle Ivory has. Go to his website. There's just numerous amount of resources there, books as well. Um, go and purchase those. And yeah, I'm just so, so honored to have you on with us, Apostle Ivory. And thank you so much for your time and sharing with us this such a vital topic for the body of Christ today. Well, praise God. I trust that you enjoyed that message. Well, look, my dear friend, this is Apostle Hopkins. Amen. And I'm getting ready to get on up out of here. Look, if you want to sow a donation and bless us, you can do it on our website at pilgrimsministry.org. That's pilgrimsministry.org. Or you can go to our cash app and make a cash app donation to General Ivory Hopkins. It's just simply General Ivory Hopkins. It has been my pleasure, amen, to bring to you the things pertaining to kingdom, life, and family. So I trust these podcasts blesses you, and I'm going to catch you guys in another teaching. God bless. Bye-bye.